0: Use promo code SGPN on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash sgpn. That's sobe tio slash sgpn. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps.
1: Howdy, you howdy, know, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 107 by my count. Let's uh, send this one out to the UFC because they're finally back, baby, with a fight card who's, that's being decimated as we speak, uh, right before we recorded, and probably as we're recording, it's being decimated even more. But it's a fight card, and when you starve us of fight cards for almost a month, or maybe it has been a month, no, not quite. But anyhow, when you starve us that long, then we'll we'll watch whatever you put on. So maybe that's uh, that's a something to uh, to remember. UFC, uh, the amount of fight cards you put on. But anyhow, UFC, this one goes out to you. I would be your host, Jeff Fox. How are you? Thanks for coming to this here pod, the only podcast that dedicated to the prelim portion. Wait a minute, wrong podcast. Because <laughs> that would be that would be so silly to have a podcast that you only break down prelim fights. That. can't be a money maker but anyhow no we break down prelim fights and main card fights and we tell you who to bet on and this is a brand new season because this is the first UFC fight card of 2022 I very heroically held off my associate co-host and won last season's both most correct picks and I lost the least amount of money but this uh, slate has been um, cleaned like in the olden days with the chalk and the chalkboards and stuff like that and we're, we're back at zero, um, and we're, we're switching up how we're doing some of our picks this year. Um, thanks to a a listener of ours on Twitter. Um, maybe this will, will give my co-host a little more of a chance to actually be competitive here. Um, let's introduce him now. He might sound smart, but the the numbers say otherwise. He's the mountain man from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> I said it wrong on purpose. He would be Daniel Gumby-Brillen. He'll Hello.
0: I like that you claim to have said it wrong on purpose. Uh, yeah. Maybe it is really lucky that we had some of these cancellations because yep. some of these names were not going to be kind to you. I really badly wanted to hear you say "said Yokob Kokramanov," but yeah, uh... I was looking
1: forward to saying "cock," so I was looking forward to saying <laughs> Romanov. So that was. I'm sad that the cock ran off and is uh, not going to be fighting. Yeah, that that fight just fell through. As I'm about as we're about to record, Dan's is telling me that there's been there's been carnage and. There are still some other fights that are up in the air, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, I can, be, I can yeah. give a quick, I can give a quick update if people, if that makes sense for the beginning of the episode too. So for those of you who uh, may not be following people closely on Twitter to get updates, earlier today, uh, T.J. Brown's opponent, uh, who was supposed to be Gabriel Benitez, was pulled from the fight. Uh, no reason given, but Charles Rosa bravely signed a brand new UFC contract because he was not under contract anymore and stepped up to take that fight. So that fight is going to go on. As scheduled, however, it will go on up a weight class. I believe it's going to happen at 155 pounds, so we'll be breaking down that one for you. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos and Silvana Gomez-Juarez has been completely pulled from this fight card. Vanessa Demopoulos just recently announced it on her Instagram, however, they're looking to reschedule that one for next weekend, so I assume it's just a protocol issue uh, with one of the two fighters, but it seems like both of them are good and healthy and ready to go. Uh, Brian Kelleher's opponent, Sedyakob Krakramanov, who we just mentioned, has been pulled from the fight card. We know it was him, although we don't know exactly the reason why, although I'm sure many of you can guess. Um, But we know it's him because Brian Kelleher accepted an opponent on just three days' notice. Kevin Kroom, the hard-hitting hillbilly, has stepped in to fight. That fight's going to happen up at 145 pounds, which is actually where Kevin Kroom typically fights, right? Because he fought... Uh, Alex Caceres there not all that long ago. Um, So Brian Kelleher going to step up a weight class, take a short notice opponent there. Um, And then the only other one that we are still kind of up in the air about is Joe Anderson Britu uh, was supposed to be making his pro debut. However, he did not show up to media day today due to an inconclusive COVID test. Uh, They're waiting to get the second results back. So that fight feels like it's kind of going to be pulled against Bill Algeo, but they still are holding out hope that it may remain so i'll be keeping an eye on that as we record in case we get to that fight which was supposed to be on the main card uh and it gets pulled last second so there is your current and very crazy update for what's going on at ufc vegas 46 you're gonna throw it back to me now go ahead I, I mean, I, I feel like when I fuck you, talking, that autom- yeah, that automatically throws it back to you because there's nobody else here. And it, I... it,
1: sounded like a, it sounded like a news report to me. Back to, so, um, <laughs> now I'm back.
0: Um, and if that
1: isn't enough, um, people who bought tickets for UFC 272 may be a little upset right now because they lost. They went from two title fights to no title fights. Um, instead, we have a Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal grudge match is going to be the main event there. Do you think that would make people upset, or do you think people would be like, cool, a grudge match? Because the car mean, is much weaker than it was. It's lost I, other fights, too.
0: I, I mean, I guess it sort of depends. First of all, were, were tickets already on sale? But like some, I don't know. So, so Sorry, sometimes...
1: Grudge, yeah, so maybe.
0: Yeah, sometimes they're Let's a little late. just pretend late. it was. Okay? Sometimes just, they're a little late about posting tickets. But I would say if the, their tickets weren't on sale, I would say... I, I guess people flood to them quick, especially when it's a live event, right? Cause those are limited nowadays. I would say, I would say maybe 50, 50, like most people who are going to a live event or a live UFC are just excited. They're going to a live UFC. Like, I, I don't know how many listeners here have ever been to one, but like, the environment of it, whether it's being headlined by Conor McGregor, which I've been to, I've been to a Conor McGregor headline card, and it feels big and the fucking stadium shakes. Or, you know, I was in Long Island for a Chris Weidman main event back when he was a big deal, and, man, that that felt like, you know, the Super Bowl was happening in Long Island. Uh, that gets, you know, like, I, I'm at a live event. Those feel just as significant as when I saw, like, Marlon Moraes versus Jimmy Rivera in Utica, um, you know, which is not a big-name headliner. So I think people who buy tickets for those are just excited they're going to a, one of those. And there seems to be a promise that UFC 272 is also going to have a banger of a co-main event. There's word that that's going to be Dustin Poirier versus uh, Nate Diaz. Really? Yeah, it's it's out there as a rumor right now. There, yeah, there's I've a heard it for of, a while. But Yeah, there's a couple of sources. And I will also say this. That card still has a ton of bangers on it too. That that bangers. card has got Yan Chau Nan versus Marina Rodriguez, which is a crazy good fight. It's got Bryce Mitchell versus Edson Barboza, which is super fun. It's got Jessica I versus Manolfi Ro, so you're gonna get to see Manolfi Ro finally get her step up. Um, Kevin Howland's fighting on that card. Like, th- there's just like a lot of fun fights on that card anyway. So like if that one does wind up getting Nate versus uh, Dustin Poirier in the Coleman event, yeah, dude, I, I think you know, I, I wasn't all that excited for Jan versus Sterling too. Like I, I don't, I don't know about you. And yeah, Volkanovski versus uh, Korean Zombie, which I guess is official now, um, is a good fight. But I, I mean, I think Volkanovski gonna wipe the floor with him. So yeah, I, I mean like. I, they might wind up with a better fight card at the end of the day anyway.
1: It's true. And people are uh, like, you uh, talked, talked about going to live events. People are basically buying into the brand UFC, that not, not necessarily the, uh, who, who's on the fight card. Obviously it's uh, if it's Conor McGregor, then uh, that there's, there's certain names that, that people uh, will, will gain more, more attention from people. But obviously it's, it's the, the three letters UFC that are the big deal here. So yeah, if if we do get Poirier and um, Diaz, which who I predicted at least one Diaz would fight this year, that would make me win that bet very very early in the year. That that would make this a banger of a card, as Dan would say. Um, now the aforementioned two title fights that were supposed to be on this card have been bumped ahead to UFC 273 on April the 9th. So, it, but instead of Max Holiday, we are as Dan mentioned, we are getting uh, the Ukraine Zombie Chan Sung Jung versus Alexander Volkanovsky, and then the co event is going to be the title of the unification, Piotr Yan and Aljamain Sterling. Did they really say why both those fights were bumped ahead?
0: Well, so it sounds a little bit like, um, uh, well, I, I guess there's been a back and forth between Aljamain Sterling yeah. and um, Piotr Jan. Uh, Sterling seems to claim that the UFC told him that Jan Uh, was not going to be ready on time. And then Jan seemed to dispute that by saying that uh, they were looking for somebody else to weigh in and be a backup for that fight just in case. Or maybe the card, you know, the UFC 260 or 273 card, maybe already has like a backup looking guy on that card just in case, Um, which I, I obviously haven't dug too much into UFC uh, two seventy three yet but like maybe they're they're trying to line that up just in case uh something's wrong with El's neck still or you know all that kind of nonsense but there's been some back and forth about that I also think um Korean zombie probably played a factor into this um yep. you know having enough time to prepare for somebody like Alexander Volgannovsky is a big deal um I'm assuming he just said, yeah like yeah sign me up for the fight I really want to is there any way we can make this happen in April and you know I'm sure Volkanovsky was willing to do it to get the bigger named opponent in Korean Zombie versus, you know, fighting in March against Josh Emmett. No offense to Josh Emmett in his four-fight winning streak, but I'd say Korean Zombie moves the needle a little bit more, so to speak.
1: It's all about the needle movers. Um, you know, the big loser in all of this is is the man who's headlining this weekend, Giga Chikese. If he wins this fight you, you got and he wins it impressively, you got to think he's, what, third in line now for a title fight. We got Korean Zombie. Uh depending on if Korean Zombie wins his title fight, then usually you'd have an automatic rematch. Um and then you have Max Holloway who was already given the title shot and had to back out. So you think he would be ahead of Chickey in line. So yeah, his his hopes of a uh, um, a title shot soon seem to have gone up in smoke here.
0: Uh yeah, I, I think a little bit yes and a little bit no. Um you know on one sense like Right now we're seeing, you know, I'm assuming a lot of these pullouts and a lot of these things are due to the Omicron spread and and all that kind of stuff. So if that is true, I mean, I can't imagine they would get all the way to UFC in, you know, what is that, 273 in April and not have Giga Chikadze weigh in for that fight, right, Against uh, against, uh, and and fill in possibly if, if Korean Zombie were to test positive or a member of his team would. You have to imagine he'd be ready for that. So that that's already on the table, um, and that's already a potential option. He's actually said before to me in interviews that he uh, offered to weigh in for a lightweight title fight as a backup fighter, um, which the UFC, like, obliged him for or said to be on standby or something like that. So, um, yeah, like, he, he's down for that kind of shit usually. And I'll also say this. We don't know what Max Holloway's injury is. You know, it, it, did Max Holloway, you know, tweak a hip flexor or did Max Holloway, you know, hyperextend his elbow or did Max Holloway tear his ACL? Like, we, he, all we've heard so far is he redamaged a pre-existing injury. We have no idea what part of the body it is. We have no idea the severity of that re-injury. He could be out for eight months. Uh, and if that's the case, I think Giga with an impressive win, could still wind up with the winner of Max Holloway in in Korean Zombie.
1: Lots of things up in the air. Um, lots of moving parts, as another podcast says. Um, now, I guess we can. I guess that's pretty much it, right? That's for the. That's it for the podcast. We covered all the news. <laughs> we can put her to bed. I guess they it, can do some ad reads, and then we're good, right?
0: It is a that was a crazy lot of background we had to do
1: for we a did. fight card we, we had.
0: A fight card. We had five weeks to prepare for. <laughs> exactly.
1: I know that's the thing. I did. Of course, I crammed it in last night at like two in the morning instead of uh, preparing for it. But yeah, and even that apparently was was too soon. Um, too early. <laughs> I, too, yes, yes, too early. I try to I try to wait last minute for these things, and didn't wait long enough because uh, as we speak, like uh, we may be losing fights. But anyhow, well, we're up to what ten fights then, right? At this point, my math correct here.
0: It looks like. Ten, yes, I think.
1: <laughs> maybe nine, we'll see. But maybe if, if what's his face, uh, Brito, or Bito is it Beto or Brito? Brito, be, if Brito can't. Uh, what if
0: I what be, if I told you both of your pronunciations was wrong? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's brito. brito. Brito.
1: Brito. Then it should be a U at the end of it. Should oh, know I it?
0: know, I know it should, but it's <laughs> it's very much Brito.
1: <laughs> but if if he backs out, who's to say that they don't have someone in for him? So. This is so silly, Dan. It's COVID-19, not COVID-22. I, I've been telling people hey. for months, it's over, right? <laughs> I've been telling everyone it's over. Just get over it. There is no more – the pandemic's over, okay?
0: Yeah, over. And, if, and, and if that one gets pulled, <laughs> it's down to nine. And I would also say yep. this, like, we, we don't know how reliable the Charles Rosa situation is right now because last I yeah. knew he was being flown into Vegas You know, who knows what that's going to look like. And we, I mean, I have no idea the status of Kevin Kroon or why he was even remotely ready for this fight. Um, But, like, yeah, I I don't know the status of him either. So, I mean. We're we're breaking it down down
1: anyway, Dan.
0: Yeah, but you could could see three fall off. This might be a seven fight fight card. You might see an (laughs) invicta style card right now
1: which is happening in a couple hours, or maybe as you listen to it, it could be happening as, as uh, you're hearing these words are hitting your ear. So, all right, we should get into this fight card before it totally changes again. And everything we did would be uh out of date, like a certain podcast I listened to this morning, which is totally out of date. <laughs> now, the
0: yeah. prelim
1: primer, which I was yeah, maybe, joking to before,
0: maybe skip it this week. <laughs> prelim, oh,
1: great! I was joking about it not being a relevant podcast, and now you're saying skip it. No, prelim primer. I, I recorded good.
0: it. I recorded it yesterday. We recorded it yeah. on Tuesday, and it dropped yeah. early this morning. It's got uh, T.J. Brown still fighting Benitez. It's got Brian Keller and Kakramanov. It's got. Silvana juarez gomez in there yeah it's oh, what a mess <laughs>
1: hey it's a good podcast hello it didn't it confused me more on some of my picks because you guys you guys seem to uh disagree on quite a few and so it, it kind of didn't solidify um it, it didn't give me what i was looking for dan that <laughs> well
0: that's so, good we'll, that's good i like so, to keep you i know your
1: toes. i know well uh, I'll do it live as it famously was say, said before. I will do it live. All right. Let's um, tell you about a couple of our sponsors, shall we? Because they keep the lights on here in our MMA Gamb- – I forget the name of our podcast. Always the MMA Gambling Podcast Studios, multiple studios in international studios, one in, um, one in Canada, one in the U.S. So that costs a lot of money, folks. So make sure you head over to WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Sadly, there's no MMA gambling podcast studios in any of those states. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. with rewards right at your fingertips. Getting in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WMBA, college football, and more. Plus, we bet have some brand new bonuses. Bet five bucks, win $400 in free bets. Plus, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA, which we've confirmed is Shaquille O'Neal. I've looked at the picture, it is the Shaquille O'Neal guy. Bet $20 on WinBets, build your own bet feature, and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shacks Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, and a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. Could you is Shaquille O'Neal more popular now than when he played? Is it possible, I don't, or, or I don't, I don't just know. as famous? Maybe.
0: I I don't know. Like, do you remember? the yes. like hype around him is when he was in the magic even like the yeah. the hype around that dude when he was on the magic and then like once he was with Kobe and that was like a whole story I, I feel like yeah he's still famous kids still know who he is because he's like in commercials and stuff like that but yes. I mean there was it was hype back then yes
1: I remember him in college when you were just being born, I think. Yeah,
0: it was, like, it was a while.
1: <laughs> but he, he, and, uh, he and Charles Barkley have somehow have managed to keep almost the same level of stardom from in retirement, which is impressive. So if you want to go hang out with Shaq, though, um, you can head over to Winbet. they got great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at Winbet for booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with Winbet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com. And let's talk about PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here, and PropSwappers are cashing in. Like Steve from Tennessee, who last week sold his $250, 100-to-1 Patriots Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 on PropSwap. Steve locked in his profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. The buyer got great odds, and the seller made 10 times his bet. Except the Bills are going to beat them this week, are they not?
0: I think so, but there you go. But then again, the, the Patriots might throw two passes all game and somehow squeak out a win. So,
1: the, the Bills are technically the home team up here, so I guess I have to cheer for the Bills. <laughs> uh, they used to play in Toronto once in a while, so they are technically the home team kind of. ProSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you will always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free ProSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red-hot tickets for sale a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and swap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on swap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Shall we break down some fights, some UFC fights? Let's,
0: um, let's try our best. <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: I feel a little rusty, but let's get down to it. How did you find – I always like to ask you how you found – um breaking down the fight card but the a lot of these fights we haven't had time to really even have sink in but overall how how was the experience dan
0: um there were a couple i was uh i like thought i knew who the underdog would be and i was like oh you'd probably get good money on that underdog and then i like looked and it wasn't the underdog and then that threw me for a loop and then i was like oh i should probably go back to Actually, watching people's old fights and breaking them down like that. So uh yeah, like I, I found a couple of them really weird to break down, and a couple of them quite easy.
1: Yeah, I I, I would suggest listening to prelim primer to help sort out your thoughts, but it didn't help. i'm Sorry, I I uh, listened to it today. It just didn't help, and the host says to skip it. So
0: yeah, <laughs> so there's no. Uh, I don't no typically tell yet. people this on podcast, <laughs> but on this one. I mean, Three of the fights are not there. Oh,
1: it's true, yeah. You, you just do the prelim. Yeah, I wasn't even, like, jokingly, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking, yes, you just do the prelim. So, yeah, you you really got hit hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: that. half that podcast is irrelevant.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's the way of the world. We thought we were past this, but we were not. Everything is closed here again. Schools are closed. Gyms are closed. Arenas are empty. It's, yeah, it's fun. But that's, let's talk about the fights. Let's not dwell on how amazing the world is right now. Um. What else? I was going to add something else I think I was going to tell people. Let me think. Oh, I have a new staff for us. See if if Dan has an opinion on this. Our consensus picks, Dan, how do you think our the picks where you and I both agreed on the uh, winner of a fight, how do you think we did last year? We Our consensus picks, we had, let me see how many we had. About 300, because we like to do math on the show, 364 fights we agreed on last year. What do you think our hit percentage was on
0: those? I'm going to say we did better than our otherwise average. Um, yep. and I'll say we hit I'll say we had 66%. How about
1: that? 60%. Okay,
0: I, still I, good though. I, I thought,
1: yeah, which is what I hit for the year. Thank you very much, but is not what you hit. So I I guess the moral of the story is you should uh, always follow along with me, Dan, cuz you can improve your odds by 5%. <laughs> <What the> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I should pick yeah. first.
1: Or that just time, means right?
0: most of the ones that you're scoring on are the ones that you suddenly tailed me on. <laughs> no. <that
1: didn't> <laughs> the main issue, starting in the year, we were horrendous. Like, I, I I know we talked about it often, but going back through the numbers, man, we – what was the issue? Did we not have It enough... was
0: that crazy run of underdogs. The, the yeah. year started out with what looked like just brutal matchmaking with a whole bunch of favorites at, like – you know, the, the, the negative, like, 250 range, which, by the way, if you look at this fight card, there are almost no favorites like that with the exception of one fight that just got made. And I yeah. think when the odds come out for the one that also just got made, you might see that. But, like, the biggest favorite was, like, you're, you're seeing, like, 170, which is not big. Um, So, yeah, I would say, you know, the, the matchmaking back then seemed like it was worse, or at least the books thought it was worse. And then the the underdogs just hit like crazy. Yeah, it's true. Plus, um,
1: more fights, I get to put more numbers in, into my spreadsheets, and, and our stats get even stronger, the stats that we rely on to pick fights. So um, so what I'm saying is we're not going to get off to a slow start. We're going to uh, come out of the gate on fire here, and we're going to start things off with, you said this fight is, we'll go Brian Kelleher, Kevin Kroom, you said this is up at 145, right? featherweight. the way.
0: That is my understanding, is that okay. uh, Kroom I don't know if Kroom can even make 35, but uh, Kelleher has shown a willingness to fight at 45.
1: Yeah, Kelleher has bounced back and forth between featherweight and bantamweight. Kroom has fought any, everywhere from bantamweight up to lightweight. Um, I think his last fight was lightweight, or recently he fought lightweight. So, um, yeah, short notice, too. Uh, interesting. Um, but Oh, yeah, that's right, short notice. So that would be why he would want it at featherweight. Right. That makes sense. All right. Um, Kevin Kroom. Must be a cousin of Dan because he's the hard-hitting <laughs> Could he possibly be a cousin of yours? Definitely not. Where's he from?
0: Uh, you know where he's from? I don't know exactly, but I do know that I once saw him fight in a CES main event uh, against Matt Bassett where he was brutalized in it.
1: <laughs> really? He's from Columbia, Missouri. That's not hillbilly country, is it?
0: Um, I don't know the part of Missouri he's from, so I can't comment on that. Um, uh, But I would say I would not be surprised for there to be hillbilly-like parts in Missouri somewhere. <laughs> like I mean, it's like a Midwestern place. There's probably some, some seedy back. But there's, there's hillbilly places in Massachusetts that we've talked about. There's yeah, definitely some in some in Missouri as well.
1: 126,000 people, so I don't know if you can be a hillbilly and you live in a pretty big city. Dan could be a hillbilly because how many people live where you live, Dan?
0: Um, I 20? know that my my the town that I grew up in uh, had about a thousand, um, little wow. short of a thousand people. Uh, the one I live in now is is like uh, it's like thirteen hundred or thirteen thousand instead. So it's wow, it's quite you're a moving bigger. up, yeah, it's quite a bit, city. quite a bit bigger, big city living with thirteen thousand.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. I am wasting so much time in this podcast. Let's, let's, uh, let's get through some fights here. A Kevin Kareem, hard hating hillbilly, would be the name. He's taking this in very short notice. He took it this fight just as of now, Wednesday, and Dan says he's flying. No, is he? We don't know if he has to, if he's flying or not. Where does he fight out of? Here's another side. Yeah, but I think he might, he's a glory I th- guy.
0: I think he does train out of Glory, but Glory has guys there. Um, okay. which I so think they're probably already there. Yeah, because TJ Brown fights out of glory, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. Joseph right. Holmes does some cross-training at glory. So I'm assuming they had a mixture of people ready to go there already.
1: Right, and it's how come it's not coach? How come coach isn't offering to throw his hat in to fight at featherweight? <laughs> I'm, sure <laughs> and, I'm sure he yeah. did. I'm sure he did. Featherweight <laughs> may be tough for James Cross, but anyhow. All right, Kevin Krum, 21-13, won no contest six knockouts, 10 submissions. Dan saw one of the 13, right? The 21 and 13 record.
0: I did, indeed. Yes. Yeah.
1: He's been knocked out four times. Was he knocked out when you saw him?
0: Uh t- yeah, it was a like a damaged TKO where he had just gotten beaten to a bloody pulp for far too long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that heart-hating hillbilly. Uh so he's been knocked out four times, he's been submitted four times. Uh he's 0-1 with 1 no contest in the UFC. Lost his last fight. He technically won his first fight, but he um, smokes the hillbilly marijuana and he got busted for it back when that was illegal for fights. So he's really one-on-one in the UFC for, for our purposes here. Uh, he also fought in Bellator where he was two-on-one. He also was the FAC and the SFC champ, if that means anything to anyone. Um, and as I said before, he's fought at lightweight, featherweight, and band weight This one's right in the middle at featherweight. He's got five inches of height on Kelleher, seven inches of reach. So he is going to be quite the longer man. Um... Uh, there is no odds for this fight. Has it even officially been announced yet? I'm not sure
0: if it has. It's been announced by, like, all of the people who I would typically deem it to be official. Um, yep. You know, like, Marcel Dorf and and the likes have all confirmed that it has been agreed yep. to. I think the only hurdle we're waiting on is the commission. You know, usually the commission um, yeah. might have an issue with the fight for some you know reason or another, but yeah, I think barring the commission getting pretty mad at it, um, yeah, this fight seems to be going forward. So are we are we down to the part where we break it down now? I'm I'm, I'm rusty here. No,
1: not yet, Dan. I, I'm, I'm taking my time here. My time. <laughs> Brian Callaher. Boom, Callaher. Twenty three and twelve, eight knockouts, ten submissions. Uh, he's been knocked out once, submitted six times. So that would be the Achilles heel submission. Um, and Kareem is a good uh, good at submissions. So uh, he's 7-5 in the UFC. He's gone 2-2 two two over his last four. And we have a pattern, Dan, our first pattern of the day. Lost, win, lost, win. He won his last fight. Um, like, he's fought at bantamweight and featherweight. He's the ROC champ. I think that's Ring of Combat, I think, and WC MMA champ also. He also was in Bellator. He went 0-2. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's three times more active striking, or just about three times more active, a little less. Grappling stats in his favor as well. Um, I got to go with Kelleher taking, uh, even though he's going to be quite smaller, quite smaller man here. Late replacements only win 39% of the time, and this is a very late replacement. Plus, Kelleher's got striking and the grappling in his favor, so he is my.
0: Yeah, he, he's going to be my pick too. I don't know
1: what the number will be.
0: He, he, he's going to be my pick too. I, I just think in general, what what I like about Brian Kelleher is that. I mean, like, he's a really gritty veteran uh, who, you know, fights in a way that drags people into situations they don't want to be in. He doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of mistakes. Like, he has gotten a lot safer if you watch that fight with Domingo Pilarte. Um, He did a good job of staying out of any exchange that wasn't going to work for him. You know, you mentioned that he's got an issue with submission losses. He actually hasn't lost by submission since 2018. Um, And that was to Montel Jackson, who's, you know, pretty damn good on the ground and was kind of dominating them and beating them up anyway. And I'm not sure I would even attribute that to the submission game. And his only other submission loss in the UFC was to Marlon Vera, who, again, he was winning that fight. He knocked down Marlon Vera with a punch and Marlon Vera, as he dove in, caught him with an armbar. So, You know, yeah, he's got some some submission losses back on the regional circuit back in in CFFC and back when he was a brand new fighter. But like, I actually think his submission defense is pretty good. I think his wrestling is probably a little underrated. It looked pretty good against Domingo Pilarte. I think he's going to be faster than Kroom, harder to hit than Kroom. You know, Kroom is a guy who goes in there and just slugs. And um, I don't see him as having a particular lot of KO power in here. So unless he tags um, Kelleher and gets some wobbly and then goes for a submission. I, I don't really see a real clear path to victory here for Kroom. So I'm going to go with Kelleher, but again, I, I think I, I really want to see what this line is because it it could come out. Kelleher is a massive favorite. I, I could also see people seeing the size thing and going with Kroom.
1: Yeah. So you're saying Kroom, uh, someone named the Hard Hitting Hillbilly just comes out in slugs, does he?
0: Yeah. That I that. mean, like, shocking right that his nickname is that. he's also gone by the Same. nickname crash before which is yeah, also i saw very, that. it's very fitting too right like yeah he, he fights with that style that. He, he just puts the his foot on the gas and waits for metal to hit metal
1: i will not accept that nickname over hard-hitting hillbilly
0: though so. <laughs> for our
1: purposes he is shall remain the hhh the triple h of mma all right lightweights uh dakota bush versus Vyacheslav Borshev, you may know him as Slava Claus, uh, making his UFC debut, versus Dakota Harry Bush. We got a couple all-time nicknames here, Dan, which is good to see. Um, yeah,
0: and we got a better one coming up later, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, there are quite a few nicknames I may steal on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Hard-Hitting Hillbilly is a good one. Slava Claus is a good one. Harry's a good one. None of them. Well, Harry Fox, I guess, kind of makes sense. But um, as of now, I'm still Cop, which... I heard Connor from what's that podcast called? Dan uh, Heavy Hands. He called. He said Hobocop last episode. <laughs> but I don't. I've never heard him say that before. So obviously, it's catching on.
0: He's still, he, he, stole it him. he stole it from you.
1: He still it you. Obviously. All right. Let's break down Dakota Bush first. He's eight and three, two knockouts, four submissions. Never been finishing a fight. 0-1 oh, in the UFC. Used to fight down a weight class at featherweight. Uh, despite that, he will have four inches of reach on. Mr. Slava Claus. He's also two years younger than him. Grappling stats in his favor. We're talking small sample size for both men. Uh, one fight for each. Uh, he's at plus 155. Borshev, 5-1, one, four knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his UFC debut after go, winning on Dana White Contender Series. He's won three straight fights, all via finish. He's an inch taller than Bush. Striking stats in his favor. Plus, he's almost three times more active striker. But like I said, small. Very the smallest of sample sizes. one fight. He's at minus 195. We'll let you pick first.
0: I'm going to go with Slava Claus. I yes, I think, sir. And I think 195 is actually a steal here. Um, you know, like I, I think that's a really good value on him because he, for people who have never seen him fight before, he has exceptional takedown defense and a great ability to get back to his feet after being taken down, um, which is, is, you know, not for nothing because that's exactly what Harry Bush here wants to do. Dakota Bush... Wants to take this fight to the ground. He wants to grind him out. And I just think he's going to have a tough time with that. Slava trains with with Team Alpha Male. You know, room full of guys who've got great wrestling backgrounds and can put that on him. And he gets right back up in just about all of his fights. And I think the difference in the grappling might slightly, ever so slightly, favor Dakota Bush. But the difference in the striking is not ever so slightly. It is drastic. Slava Claws throws absolute haymakers, puts people's lights out. Um, you know, go back and watch his contender series fight. It is a crazy good knockout against a pretty damn good opponent too. So yeah, I, I'm big on Slava Claus. I I think he is, I mean, he's just been really impressive to me in his, you know, I think only six professional fights at this point in time. But yep. yeah, I, I think Slava Claus here over Dakota Bush is an easy pick.
1: But as as listeners know, Dan is very biased against the Alpha Male guys. He's always all in on Team Alpha Male. So.
0: That's not even true. Like, so, no? so for those of you who might be new to the show, I usually dog on, on Team Alpha Male. I'm, I'm, like, not a big fan of their style. I, I think, you know, all the ones who have come close to winning championships have mostly failed with the exception of uh, Cody Garbrand and whether or not you still classify TJ Dillashaw as there when he won. But, like, you know, a whole bunch of them have come up short. But yeah, no, I'm I'm surprisingly all in on both him and Josh Emmett lately. So maybe uh, maybe Alpha Male's changing my mind ever so slightly.
1: Like I said, he's all in on Alpha Male. I don't know why he had to reiterate how in he is on him, but he's all in. On
0: Alpha
1: Male. <laughs> all right, let's break down this fight quickly while it's possibly still happening. Lightweights: Charles Rosa versus T.J. Brown. T.J. Brown is downtown. T.J. Brown and uh, Charles Rosa's is Boston Strong. Um, he's the guy that's on on a plane. You said heading. I guess from Boston to all- to Las Vegas. I think he was.
0: At, I think he was of as of this morning. So, okay. um, you know, he he probably should be in Vegas by now. I didn't uh, check the media day stuff yet, and whether or not he was part of it. But yes, um, my understanding is he was flying very recently.
1: Okay. Did you see him fly over your house, Dan? I, I did guess not. Your, your house isn't really the route to Las Vegas, so you're kind of out of the way, I guess. So, all right. I didn't either. So um, he's 14 and six, three knockouts, eight submissions, five and six in the UFC. Okay. Talk about patterns. Listen to this one, Dan. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Every one of his UFC fights, he's switched back and forth. 11 straight fights. He swapped losses and wins. He lost his last fight. So does that mean we have to pick him here? It's very difficult because um, he's taking this on very short notice, as we mentioned. Um this is lightweight. He's fought up a weight class and down a weight class. He's been at welterweight and he's been at featherweight. He's at plus 220 um, for this fight. Downtown TJ Brown, 15 and 8, four knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out three times. He's been submitted three times. One and two in the UFC. He did win his last fight, though, after dropping his first two. He was 1-0 in the contender series. He used to fight down a weight class and featherweight, uh, but he's had, he had multiple weight um, cut issues and missing weight there, so now he's up at... At lightweight. Uh, he was one and zero as a pro boxer. He's three got three inches of reach on Rosa. Four years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Minus two eighty. I'm gonna go against my better judgment and take T J Brown here because of the such a short notice, plus all those striking stats and the reach in his favor. Um, but it's hard to ignore a 11 fight
0: pattern. Yeah. Well, I will also say this too. So you mentioned him going up in weight in the the issues of the weight cut. I think that favors him more in this fight uh, because actually while Charles Rosa is a better like better pure grappler when it comes to like the submission game, I actually think TJ Brown is like a better wrestler and having a little bit extra weight on him is going to help him out here. And also remember he was already in shape for a fight that was supposed to be at 145. So he thought he was going to have to cut an extra 10 pounds. He might have to cut nothing right now. Like he he might already be on weight. Whereas, I don't know where Charles Rosen is at, but, like, he might have to do work to get to 55 still. Um, Even though he's used to making 45, he, you know, his walk-around weight is probably up in the 160s and stuff like that. So I think he's probably going to have to do work, whereas T.J. Brown might already be at that weight. I'll also say this. T.J. Brown's work at Glory MMA, for me, has been a huge selling point. Like, he came out in those first two fights. I thought he looked really bad with the exception of some of his wrestling against Jordan Griffin. He looked like he didn't belong in the UFC at all. And then I dogged him in the next fight and he looked amazing. He looked really good. His striking looked sharp. He came out, he won a split decision over Kai Kamaka, which in the, you know, doesn't sound great, especially with Kai Kamaka leaving and going to Bellator, but he looked So improved in that fight. His wrestling looked better. His boxing looked better. Um, And I think he's going to have a boxing advantage here against Rosa. And I also think he'll be able to dictate where the fight goes. I think that's why you see the odds so wide. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Charles Rosa taking this on short notice. We don't know what he looks like. But I I maybe would hesitate to, like, pull the trigger on that number on TJ Brown. I really liked him at plus money against uh, Gabriel Benitez. But at this big of a favorite against, you know, Charles Rose is tough. I don't think it's like interesting for me playing wise.
1: Right. Uh, we will have a new segment at the end where we will be giving out our recommended plays where we'll we'll be betting a pretend $100 because $100 is not enough for us. We we bet way more than that in real life, obviously. Right Dan? That's of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Um, so, but, uh, for you, lightweights out there, we will, um, do that. And, um, yeah, this is probably not a, a recommended play by either of us. So um, before we move on, let me tell you about a better fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on. The Better Fantasy app. Download the free-to-play app today to get bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter the player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free-to-play. You'll earn better credits. By completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all fifty states. So download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash S G P N as B E T T O R fantasy dot com slash S G P N. All right. Um this one I'm kinda I'm even as we speak, I'm I'm flip flopping on it. Dan, I think you flip flopped on it too. Cart McGee versus Ramiz brahamaj Did you flip flop on it?
0: I never I, I, I thought I'm prelim. I never I've no? never flip flopped <laughs> <laughs> once in my life, so so take that
1: called out on it uh he never he's not wishy-washy he's not charles brown uh, charlie brown he's not wishy-washy um this would be cartman givers of romey's like, like i guess that a brahamaj at welterweight um it's pretty much a pick-em fight so i guess it's fitting that i'm flip, flopping on it let's tell you about brahamaj, who is the slight underdog let's tell you about him first he's nine and three with nine submissions so every one of his wins would come to be a submission um Court McGee's never been submitted. He's been knocked out once, and that's it. Never submitted. Um Brahmaj one on one in the UFC. He won his last fight via what do you think, Dan?
0: Brahima won his last fight by submission. <laughs> yes,
1: there you go. Um we got a pattern. Are we gonna are we gonna go against patterns two times in a row, Dan? Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So even when he wasn't in the UFC, he was swapping losses and wins. Uh, he's eight years younger than McGee. I think I may start tracking maybe five years and over uh, in an age gap and see if there's a huge discrepancy in that. You think five years is a good number, or or should I do a different number?
0: That's a that's a pretty substantial difference.
1: Yeah. And what about reach? About the same? Five inch uh, reach, six inch reach, like?
0: I I think three is pretty significant, to be honest with you. Substantial with reach
1: advantage in, in your eyes.
0: Just just three is is substantial yeah. for me. Yeah, that that's a lot of reach.
1: All right, that's a lot of reach. All right, um, that may be a good title, Dan. That's a lot <laughs> of reach. I'm always certain. That's always what um, is in the back of my head. The whole podcast is okay. Do we have an alternate title yet? And Dan may have dropped a good one there. Um, what else? Brahmaj has the grappling stats in his favor. Um, he is a submission expert after all. He's at minus one to ten. Uh. Kurt McGee, did you, do you know what his nickname is? I've never heard him have, have a nickname until... The Crusher. Know, the yeah. The is Crusher that new? McGee.
0: It's not. No, he had that on The Ultimate <laughs> Fighter way back in the day.
1: Really? Okay. It all comes back to... The,
0: the Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter. Fighter. <laughs> uh,
1: he's 20 and 10. Five knockouts, five submissions. Never been... Uh, sorry, he's been finished once in a fight, which is pretty insane. Uh, 30 fights, he's been knocked out once. He's 9 and 9 in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights. However, it was his very last fight. He wasn't the ultimate fighter, as you mentioned. Uh, middleweight season, he went three one and was the champ. How did he? He lost. Did he get back in the uh, injury replacement? I can't remember that. Yeah, he lost he, in house? Um, yeah.
0: I think that's the first year they did the wild card, where like two good losers got a chance to fight again. Okay. Um, yeah. so they gave him and I think it was James Hammertree uh, a chance to fight again.
1: So, Cartman McGee's nickname should be a good loser, possibly. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a good loser. And I've never heard of a hammer tree guy before. Are you sure that's a real person?
0: It, I Yes, I'm positive James Hammer Tree yeah. is, but you'll have to fact check me on whether or not that's who got the other uh, wild card spot. Uh,
1: he made his USC debut back in 2010. Uh, he also was a pro boxer where he went 2-0. We're talking about McGee, not not this fake uh, mythical hammer tree guy. Uh, he's an inch taller than Braham Ash, three inches of reach, which Dan says is significant. Um Striking and active striking stats in the favor, minus 115. Um, I think we told the boss to bet on Brahimaj in this one. Are we still sticking with that, Dan? I think I am, but uh, I'm not positive. Cause...
0: Is, it, is it your turn to go first? Didn't no. I, oh, no, I, no. I went, for, yes. we went first on TJ Brown. All right, I, I am going to take Ramiz Rahimai, Um right. And I haven't flip-flopped right. on him at too. all. He, he's one of my favorite picks for this whole week. Um, well, I I think the difficult thing for a lot of people is that Court McGee has never been submitted and Ramiz has never won without submitting somebody, but that's not to say Ramiz's style is not conducive to winning a decision or Ramiz doesn't have good boxing. Like some of his wins were set up by his boxing. He's got really great control on the ground. He just also hunts submissions really well. Um, McGee, while being a good wrestler and a good grinder and in like that guy who has great will He's also, I think, sometimes not got the best game plan. Uh, I think a lot of people forget this dude didn't shoot a takedown on on uh, Carlos Condit, which was one of the I remember. weirdest. Yeah, that's one of the weirdest game plans I've ever seen. So, yeah, I, I think Ramiz Rahimai has the advantage here in the wrestling. I think he has the advantage in the game plan. I think he has the advantage with the hands and all of that, and you're going to get him a, as an underdog here, like a very slight underdog here. So, yeah, I, I'm all over Ramiz Brahimai at that price.
1: And he's the right hand man at Fortis MMA, which shouldn't uh, shouldn't be overlooked either.
0: Um, no, yeah, it, yeah, it's like an assistant coach and cornerman for a lot of different fighters at that gym too. So again, when I'm talking about how good is is uh, fight IQ is, that that's a part of it too. Is that he's he's basically a coach?
1: Exactly. So we're going against trends again. But we're going to be ruining the day that we went against these trends, Dan, because. Um, yeah, we just don't learn our lesson. We, we try to pick um, with their brains instead of just being like, well, this is a stupid uh, back-and-forth trend going on, so we should just follow that. But no, we, we pick with who we think actually is better. And it'll, it'll probably bite us. Watch. But you, you you say you're all in on this one. This may be one of your preferred bets at the end, possibly. Hmm. All right. It, uh, main event time. Middleweight's main event of the prelims, which are on ESPN Plus, I forgot to mention, 4 p.m., Eastern in the main event, the main card, ESPN and ESPN Plus at 7 Eastern this Saturday, January 15th from the UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada. All right. Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes, who does not want to be called Joseph Holmes. He wants to be called Ugly Man Joe.
0: I love it.
1: I guess twice. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I think.
0: I've, I've had him on multiple times, and he has pointed out that he wants to be called Ugly Man Joe and Just and, Ugly Man Joe. So,
1: and it is false advertising because he is not ugly, really.
0: He's, got a, sweet mu- he's got a sweet mustache.
1: Yes, he, he's a good, good-looking gentleman. I think he has a bunch of kids too. So obviously, someone finds him not ugly. So, yes, he insists on being Ugly Man Joe. So he's fighting uh, Jimmy Pickett, who has no nickname uh Pickett, 12 and 6 eight knockouts one submission he's been knocked out himself once uh submitted twice he's one and two in the ufc he won his last fight so he's another guy who dropped two and then uh you'll see saw enough in him to give him another shot uh he was one and two in the contender series too you don't see a lot of guys get three shots in the contender series what's the story behind that is there a story behind that
0: if you know it i'd love to hear it because it didn't make any sense to me um, yeah I mean, like, he he lost to two guys who got contracts and looked good doing it, but, like, they look good at his expense, so. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Strange. Uh, Maybe it's because he was the NLFC champ. Could that be it? I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what that is because I can't remember. Uh, He used to fight up at light heavyweight. He's almost two times more active striking than Holmes, uh, but we're talking one fight uh, for Holmes on the contender series that we're basing his stats on. Uh, Pickett, plus 125. Uh, I keep saying Holmes. That's not his name. His name's Ugly Man Joe. Excuse me. Ugly Man Joe, 7-1, and one, two knockouts, five submissions. So everything is a finish. He's also never been finished in a fight. So all of his fights are within the distance. Uh, he's taking this short-notice debut fight. Um... Yeah, when did he step in here? It's been a few weeks, right? It's it was it
0: was in December notes. actually. So I, I mean, like probably flirting with your definition of it, because he knew about yeah. it for the holidays. Um, okay, I yeah. know that to be a fact.
1: Yeah, I short notice for people who haven't listened before. I don't know why you would have skipped the first hundred and six episodes, but anyhow, short notice a month or or less than a month. Notice for a fight, I consider short notice. But this uh, this fight card that's that's laughable because people are taking on three three days notice. Um. All right, what, what haven't I told you? Uh, he was on the contender series where he won. That was part of a seven-fight winning streak, all of them via finish, obviously, because he all he does is finish fights. So he dropped his debut fight, which was in Bellator, and then he's won seven straight fights since then. So he was one one in Bellator. He also used to fight upper weight class and down a weight class, so he fought it 205 and 170. Um, he's two inches taller than Pickett, seven years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, but uh, take that with a big grain of salt just based on one fight, minus 155. I'm going with the Ugly Man, Dan. I am taking Ugly Man Joe. Uh, this may be one of my inside-the-distance prop bets also since everything's uh, inside-the-distance with this guy because he's a wild man.
0: Yeah, Ugly Man Joe, uh, really good finishing instinct. Uh, both his hands are really good. His submission skills are really good. I, I like him in this fight against Pickett because Pickett has really struggled with people uh, who can put him on his back, and I think Joseph Holmes can do that. I am a little bit worried about his pressure and whether or not it's enough there because Pickett gets wild and just like throws haymakers. But ultimately I think even if he does get wild and starts to back up Holmes a little bit, Holmes has also got the hands. He, he picked up a big knockout on Dana White's looking for a fight for Fury FC. He knocked out Jonathan Potti, who ironically is the one person Jamie Pickett did beat on uh <laughs> contender series. So they actually got their contracts by beating the same guy. Um, I think Holmes' counter-striking is a little bit better. So in that case, if Pickett does get wild and turn it into a slugfest, I think Holmes is the answer there, too. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Holmes there as well. Does that mean so far we yep. went the entire prelims both the same and without an underdog? Uh,
1: Technically, we took a, a minus 110 oh, underdog. Oh, yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. took
0: – it's a shame, too, because I, I had – um, now, looking back at it, I had TJ Brown to beat uh, Gabriel Benitez on the prelims, which was an underdog yeah, play, too, I and yeah. I had Brian Kelleher to beat Sadia Cobb which would have been an underdog play, and now I have those two winning still, but now they're like massive favorites, and I look like an idiot, so uh, yeah, there we go, no, no dogs except for a very slight one in Ramiz, and we're agreeing across the board.
1: It is confirmed Dan does look like an idiot. Um, as <laughs> I mentioned a few podcasts back, he does everything naked, so he definitely looks like an idiot right now, right, Dan? Now you're going to tell me you have 50 sweaters on because you're in your basement and it's cold.
0: It is quite cold. I have a blanket <laughs> over my feet and oh, uh, honey. Two, two sweatshirts and and uh, oh some God. warm pants as well. Yeah, it's, it's chilly down there. It's like two degrees in Massachusetts. <laughs> Dan's got to
1: pay his uh, heating bill, I think. Um, all right, so if we hit 60%, like uh we do in the past so i we, we whiffed on a couple fights on on the prelims uh it's up to you listeners to figure out which two fights we whiffed on and and you can um skip those fights right
0: i mean just trust us this year is different
1: <laughs> oh it's not it's gonna be 100 percent. maybe all right we're gonna go main card, but first uh last couple sponsors so bet, so bet. since when did sports betting become so rigid sports betting is meant to be social when I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through the fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. Do you know what all those things mean dan you're a millennial you probably do right
0: yeah i, I know what just about everything you yeah. say means. <laughs> there you go
1: no money is transacted on the app and it's purely competitive next time you're with your friends watching sports turn the dial up a notch go to sobet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is in on the other side to accept let's get back to the roots of betting with sobet go to sobet.io sgp slash excuse me, SGPN, that's S-O-B-E-T dot slash SGPN today. Join the revolution. And SGPN, obviously you should have our app. If you don't already go and download our app, give us an amazing review. We're in the app store and Google play. Gives you easy access to all our picks. Plus you can be, uh, you can listen to this very podcast on the app and you will know when the podcast drops. Cause it, you can have notifications turned on, on your app and uh, make sure if you're not already, that you are also subscribing to our MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get our podcast the second it drops. Um, because, especially with this week, it will be irrelevant about five minutes after it drops.
0: So we, want <laughs> listen, we
1: want to listen to it right away. Uh, so grab our app, download uh, download that, give us a review, listen, uh, be a buddy, subscribe to our feed. Give us, good, give us good reviews on our feed, too, why don't you? And then uh, everything will be lovely. All right, go to the main card. Um, I, oh, I, I forgot to mention, you can read uh, an amazing uh, report on Slava Borshev over on MMA-manifesto.com right now, which Mr. Gumby wrote. Um, I think, uh-oh, I think one of your, wasn't your underdog pick, didn't your underdog pick, wasn't that Kok Romanov?
0: No, I, Did I, took, fall Ramiz. Off? I took Ramiz. Oh, good. good, you
1: took Ramiz, right, yeah, Kok Romanov wasn't a underdog. Okay, good, I was going to make Dan do more work for free, um, which... I'm sure he would be a big fan of. All right, let's move on, Dan. Main card time. You ready? Yeah, I'm good. This is a fight that may happen. Is this still happening, Dan? As, As of, of now. right
0: now, I'm, I'm watching closely. It is still currently happening.
1: <laughs> All right, I should, I should talk fast. It's featherweights. Bill Algio, Joe Anderson, Brito, B-R-I-T-O, though. Ugh. Let's call him Tubero. Tubero? Is that how you say it? Tubero. Do you know what that uh, means then? It's
0: ter- it's ter bowl if ter- I'm ter- bow that's right.
1: That's right. It's like hen and bow but Which I
0: I'm pretty sure in this case means big turbo.
1: <laughs> I
0: thought you were gonna say big
1: turd no, shark. <laughs> it means it's shark dumb. apparently. When I looked it up at least it means shark. Um, um he's
0: kind
1: of, okay <laughs> he's, oh you sound very like your question no
0: you're you're, you're you could Translate. be you could be right yeah i'll tr- I'll trust you on that one sure. i just anything ending in in ao in in portuguese usually means something big so maybe it's big shark oh, yeah.
1: maybe baby shark could it be it baby wouldn't shark? be baby
0: because that would be <laughs> uh ter- ter- ter-
1: hole. <laughs> were your uh were your kids into baby shark down
0: not or was that real. before they were born? Not, not really. I mean, it's good. still kind of around, but like it's so. not—it's not their most favorite thing. My
1: kids were too old, thank God. All right. 2 um, is fighting uh, Bill Algio, who is Senior Perfecto, which is a very good nickname. As I cough, one moment. <coughs> All right, Senior Perfecto, fourteen to six, three knockouts, six submissions. Do these new new mics? These new mics do have a cough button. I could have used, I guess, don't they?
0: <laughs> they have to a mute it. button. But I'm, the editors, we should leave them. it in. People need to <laughs> need
1: to know how slapdash this is as I take a drink. All right, um, Algios 14 to 6, three knockouts, six submissions, one and two in the UFC. We've got a pattern <laughs> loss, win, loss, win, loss. He has lost his last fight. He was all one in the contender series. What's he doing in the UFC if he can't even win in the contender series, Dan?
0: Uh, the guy Short who we lost, probably, right? In- well, and the guy he lost to on the contender series deserved a contract, didn't get one because he shot a weird takedown at a weird moment, um, and now he's messing people up in PFL. So uh, who's that again? Brandon. I'm not gonna get his last name right. Lognanengane. Oh yeah,
1: He has some issues with that guy, even though like because he shot
0: a takedown against Bill Algeo with almost no time left to secure a decision. Though.
1: Yeah. Lognan, I think his name is.
0: Sure, yeah. Say it however you say it however you want to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my family, my family comes from the UK, Dan. I should know how to say names uh, sure. from that part of the world, shouldn't I? Sure. sure.
0: Um,
1: I was talking about Algio, right? Yes, all on the Contender Series. He's the ROC champ. We already had we had an ROC champ earlier, Ring and Combat champ. He's the CFFC champ, so uh, we know those those promotions. He was in World Series of Fighting uh, also, where he was one and zero. Um, or maybe it was PFL, one or the other. It's the same thing. Uh, he's got four inches of height on bri two an inch of reach. The more active striker of the two, but it's based on one fight uh, bri two had in the Contender Series plus 108. Um, over to you. I did Ugly Man Joe first, so it's your
0: your pick. So I'll keep this one short because I'm pretty sure we'll break it down next week too. Um, I'm going to take Joey Anderson, Brito. Uh I think part of my issue with the Algio is the Algio gives up takedowns, particularly early in the fight. Um, Brito comes out like a bat out of hell. I think he's going to be up two rounds to none pretty easily. And I think it's mostly going to come down to whether or not Algio has the stamina to hang in there, which he does have phenomenal stamina and he is a really tough dude. Does he have enough? where he will wear out Two and finish him late. I think that's the only reason the line is close. I'm going to say Two is good enough not to get finished late and is probably going to win this uh, by winning the first and second round.
1: All right. And uh we were impressed with him on the series, I believe, right?
0: Mo- he's, mostly. He's, you know, we're I, high,
1: kind of high on.
0: I, I, uh, he's not one of my guys. I would say that. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. How about these guys, Dan? I don't think either of these guys are you guys either. Uh, heavyweights. You didn't Jake make a Collier. pick, man.
0: You 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 oh, didn't yeah, pick I'm anybody. There.
1: <laughs> yes, Brie Two. Brie Two is the pick. We are matching each other once again. Okay. Getting quite boring. Just trying to
0: cop out of that one. <laughs> I was,
1: but no, I am I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable picking Brie Two in this fight. Um, next fight's kind of eh. This could be a loser loser lose town match. Uh, how do you guys Jake Collier, Chase Sherman. Yes, both these guys are still in the UFC. Uh, Collier is the prototype. Um, what is the a prototype for? Is what I'm asking, Dan? Do you know?
0: I I don't know the answer to that. He's not a
1: <laughs> he's a prototype of going from middleweight up to heavyweight
0: somehow. He, he used he used to be look he used to look like a prototype.
1: He used to look totally like his picture on Topology is like he's not the same guy. Oh yeah, he was probably like 80 pounds less than He's a prototype for bulking up. Um, he's fighting against the Vanilla Gorilla, which is a lame nickname because everybody has it. Every big white guy, even little white guys, have it. So, um. <laughs> All right, let's go with Sherman first, 15 and eight, 14 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's three and seven in the UFC, and he still has a job uh, over two stints. Lost his last two fights. However, he is the bare knuckle fighting championship champ, or he was at one point. Uh, I don't know if he still is. Uh, he's got an inch of height on Collier, one year younger, more active striker, plus 108. The prototype, 12 and six, five knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times. Four and five in the UFC. We got a pattern, Dan. Lost win, lost win, lost win, lost win, loss. every one of his UFC fights, which is pretty insane. He lost the last fight. RFA champ he used to fight at, as I mentioned, middleweight and light heavyweight. Grappin sat in his favor, minus 135. I can't buck another trend here, Dan. I'm going to have to go with Jake Collier um, with the getting back in the win column here. This is a, kind of an ugly fight to make picks for, though.
0: This is a very ugly fight to make picks for, and I will tell you something even uglier that uh, was just released on Twitter as I was nosing around to see if anything else got canceled. As of right now, the UFC's official bout order lists this as the co-main event. Oh, no. <laughs> Which I no don't – No Dude, they just love heavyweight fights, <laughs> um, and it's going to be terrible. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go with Chase Sherman on this one. This is going to be my first different pick oh, from you. Oh, Finally. Yeah, I I like Jake Collier. I think he looked all right against Carlos Felipe. Um, But then again, Chase Sherman, when he fought Parker Porter, he was winning parts of the early rounds by being faster, by being more active, by getting in Parker Porter's face. And then he just tired out. Um, And it was completely uncharacteristic of him. But also Parker Porter has got really good cardio. Whereas in this case, like I said, Jake Collier has got impressive cardio considering his build. But he does not have, like, much better cardio than Chase Sherman, who I think is going to be faster. He's going to have the better boxing. Neither of these guys are going to try to grapple. So if I think Sherman's faster and is probably going to build up a lead, and I really don't think either of these guys are going to land a knockout blow. uh, I don't think Collier has knocked anybody out in five years. I'm going to go with Chase Sherman here. I'm going to take the dog money in – the weirdest co-main event that 2021 will have ever, or 2022 will have ever seen, and we're only on the first card.
1: <laughs> There's no way they're gonna make this co-main event. It's it's insane if they do, but yeah, it's a it's a yucky fight. This fight, however, is not so yucky. We're going from heavyweight down all the way down to flyweight. Brandon Royval versus Hughero Bon and um, Hoival, I gave him his nickname back. He's Raw Dog. Um, I'm no longer Raw Dog. I am now Hobo Cop, at least for the time being. But there are a lot of, a lot of nice traces on this card that I may steal from someone. Um, Bontorin, no nickname. Um, let's break him down first. He's 17-3 with one no contest, three knockouts, 11 submissions. So he is a finisher at these uh, at these lighter weight classes. He's 3-2 in the UFC. He won his last fight. He used to fight up at bantamweight um had issues making weight even at bantamweight but apparently he's gonna try his hand at was he at bantamweight last fight i think he, yeah he he won his last fight but he missed weight correct
0: um it, we're talking about i don't remember if it was scheduled for bantamweight or if it got moved I, i'm that pretty sure week. i did the
1: research and yes that's the case
0: okay yeah, and it yeah, looks I, like he, sure it he, missed weight, he missed weight by two pounds up at weight for match now. Yeah, which
1: is interesting. And I, I'm looking um, at yeah, a picture
0: of him right now during media day, yep. two. He's looking big. <laughs> yeah.
1: He was 137, and he somehow he's going to get down to 126 for this fight. So um, he's been suspended for drug issues in the past. Uh, he also fought in the Contender Series, where you want to know. He's at plus 170, raw dog, Brandon ball, 12 and 6, three knockouts, eight submissions. So we got finishers uh, on both sides of the the uh, the fight here. Uh, he's two and two in the UFC. Lost his last two fights after winning his first two. He's he's fought pretty much top shelf competition though. Um, Pantoja and the champ Moreno, and then Kaikara France, and who was his first fight against? Someone good too, I think. He's had yeah, no he beat one Tim Elliott. He, Tim Elliott, there you go. So he's had Tim Elliott. He beat Tim Elliott, Kaikara France, and then lost to the now champ Brandon Moreno, and lost to. Alexandra Panchoja, so nothing but the top of the top of the uh food chain for him um he lost like i said his last two fights via knockout uh, tko and submission he was the lfa champ he also was on world series of fighting where he went one 0 Four inches taller than or he could have been pfl like i said one of these guys i think was pfl and i wrote uh wsof but anyhow um four inches of height over bon Turin, one inch of reach striking and active striking stats in his favor Grappling stats in his favor, minus 176. Over to you. Uh,
0: I'm going to take Raw Dog. Um, I think in this fight, the big piece for me is uh Balterine is a guy who is a pretty good wrestler and he does a good job of taking people's backs, but he waits a long time to initiate the grappling. He tries to find some comfort on the feet, sees if he has an advantage there, and then goes to the wrestling. And Roy Vall is a guy who has proven to be. Both very proficient on the feet, very weird and hard to deal with on the feet, and the type of guy who, if he tags you and you shoot a desperation takedown, he subbed you. Um, Most of his wins are by submission. He shoots almost no takedowns of his own. It's all by hitting you hard, having you panic grapple him, and having him finish you from there. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen to Zerine here. I, I think, like, he is the type of person who hangs out on the feet longer than he should. He gets tagged here. He shoots that takedown if he does so sloppily, I mean, I see Royval getting. You know, that's what he did to Kai Kara a guy who we're talking about fighting for the title. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Royval here, um, and I'm pretty comfortable with Royval too. I'll, I'll say my level level of comfortability on this pick is pretty high.
1: Yep, raw the raw dog is my pick as well. Um, this should this one coming up should be the co-main event. It's listed everywhere else as a co-main event. UFC does not update their website very well, so this uh, we'll, we'll just pretend that women's flyweight. Caitlin Kian versus Ben Fermat will be the company to make because at least they're at the top of their division uh, as opposed to those heavyweight gentlemen who both have at least one foot out the door. Um, Caitlin Kian is blonde fighter, which is the nickname I think I can sell, down because I'm neither blonde nor a fighter.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be... That would be a pretty bizarre one for you to try to steal, yep. for sure.
1: I'm Jeff blonde fighter Fox. Going <laughs> forward, Jennifer Maya has no nickname. Um, this is a rematch. Did you know this is a rematch, Dan? I didn't know. I, I, did, no, it.
0: I did know. Yeah. And of course you did. That's probably because the first one wasn't particularly worth watching.
1: <laughs> Are they ever? Is Caitlyn Chukagian's fights ever worth watching, Dan? You know, she's a, I'm, people, she's a lovely person, but
0: people hate on her quite a bit, <laughs> especially because she like kia's every time she throws a punch and she throws, yeah. she throws like 700 in a fight and lands like 22. But I would also say this. I really enjoy watching Caitlin and grapple. I think people underestimate how good her grappling is. She, um, she, she trains under John Donaher and is trained in like the blue basement with the the Donahue death squad guys. And I, I know all of those guys aren't there anymore, but she's like a Henzo Gracie trained um, grappler. And I, I want to see, if she's got a Brown belt from one of those guys. So um, yeah, like I, I think, I, I think that that is an underrated part of her game that if we saw more of, she would definitely be thought of as a more exciting fighter.
1: Does she say Kia when she rolls down?
0: I don't think so. No, not that I've <laughs> noticed. It would be fun right. though. It, yes,
1: let's break it down. 1971, four knockouts, five submissions for Maya. Four and three in the UFC. She's gone loss, win, loss, win over her last four fights. She did fight for the title. Both these ladies have fought for the title. Um, she's missed weight twice. She lost to Chukagian in 2019 in a very memorable fight. Uh, she's four and two in Evicta, where she was the champion. Uh, she also was a pro boxer, where she went three and zero. Grappling stats in her favor plus 142 the blonde fighter actually she's not i took that nickname so she's nothing now uh she's 16 and four two knockouts one submission uh, uh she's lost herself twice via knockout nine and four in the ufc how many of those fights do you think she finished dan of the nine wins
0: Nine wins in the UFC. How many UFC
1: finishes does she have Yeah,
0: Zero. Yeah. Yes. Zero. Yeah, never I can't a, imagine. I can't she's imagine she's her Never up a finish. Fight. <laughs>
1: never finish a fight. Um, She's won her last two in three of four. She used to fight up at Bantamweight. She was the CFFC champ, I think, at Bantamweight and Flyweight. Uh, she's won her own World Series of Fighting. Five inches taller than Maya. Four inches of reach. That's a lot of reach. Um. She's a more active striker of the two, as Dan says. She throws a lot of punches. And the Kiyas, uh, minus 180. I'll go with Kiyas here to win the rematch.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to take the same exact fighter because I don't think either of them have evolved all that much. And, in fact, my biggest issue with Jennifer Maya is that clearly her best attribute is her grappling, right? Like, she took down Valentina Shevchenko once and possibly won a round off of her. Um, and then she followed that up by fighting Jessica I and pretty much never shooting a takedown. Um, which is just such a bizarre change in game plans. So here against Caitlin Chokagian, the smart thing to do would be to spam takedowns, throw 700 of them in there and to try to keep Chokagian on her back. But I think what she's going to do is box too long and win or lose a, a lot of rounds by close striking decisions. And Caitlin Chokagian probably going to win this one. Um, You know, and in addition to that, you know, mentioning that Ch- Chokag- Chokagian is good off of her back, um in good at jujitsu. I think that keeps her safe even if this does hit the mat. So yeah, I'm I'm going with Chokagian too. Man, I oh, wanna again. just call her I just wanna call her Blonde Fighter, but you, you stole her nickname. So yeah. So um but yeah, I'll go with Caitlin as well.
1: All right. Um what's her last name again?
0: Chokagian. <laughs> there you go.
1: Dan Dan's choking on Chokagian's name. Uh featherweights. uh she got married. She can uh she should just take her husband's name to make it easier for you, right?
0: I, yeah, I didn't unless, know she was unless married. Unless he has but... a
1: difficult name too.
0: <laughs> I didn't know he was married, but but for I sure, yeah. Yep. All
1: right, featherweights. Have, have we had any rumors about the main event? Uh, I think both these guys are all systems go, right? Calvin Cater Giga Chikaze. Haven't heard they, any nasty. You haven't heard any nasty rumors.
0: No, they seemed fine at uh at the the media day. So I think we're all, all systems go here. All right, um,
1: Calvin Cater. Do you know what his nickname is, Dan?
0: Yeah, Does he's you know the. Nickname, he... He's the Boston finisher.
1: Yes, I'd never heard of that before. This is another one I hadn't. uh, Did he have. Has he always had
0: that nickname? Yes, he has since he was on the regional circuit like dozens of years ago.
1: (laughs) Boy, you can't. um, We have two Boston strong. We got Boston strong and Boston finisher on this here fight card. So Boston's taken over. Um, Calvin Cater's is 22 and 5, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. It's the only time he's been stopped in a fight. Um, he's 6 and 3 in the UFC. Two, he's won two of his last three. However, his last fight was a, a hellacious beatdown by Max Holloway, Holloway which he lost. He also used to fight up at lightweight. He's a more active striker of the two men, plus 195 coming back for him. Cicchese's a ninja, in case you wonder. That's his nickname. He's 14 2, nine knockouts, one submission. He's been submitting himself once. 7 and 0 in the UFC. He's won nine straight fights, uh, three of them, via T, three straight via TKO. He also used to fight at lightweight. He's all one on the Contender Series. Who did he lose to on Contender Series? He lost to someone I've heard of, I think. Who was uh, it? You no, he
0: lost to Austin Springer, weirdly. Yeah,
1: okay. Some I heard of him. He was in the UFC for a bit. Or is he still in the UFC? I uh,
0: don't know the answer to that question. I know he was oh, on the yeah, Ultimate boy. Fighter once upon a oh time. Oh, my God. He <laughs> matched
1: about again. He was 0-1 in the World Series of Fighting as well. So th- there's the two losses right there. Contender Series, World Series of Fighting. He was a famously a pro kickboxer before all of this. He's inch taller than Qatar, two inches of reach, which isn't a lot of reach. Um, striking stats in the favor minus
0: 250. You get to go first. Uh, I'm going to take Calvin Cater. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to take Gigi uh, Damn. <laughs> I had you, you, you go there. Yeah, I'm ready uh, to jump on you. No, I, I like you Chikate here. The big problem for me in this fight for Calvin Cater, uh, and I do like the Boston guy, the big problem for me is that basically he fought a long rangey kickboxer who boxed the shit out of his head nonstop for 25 minutes so bad that he had a concussion that left him out for, get this, 364 days, almost a year yep. to the day he yep. was out because of the concussion from Max Holloway. And what did they pair him up with for his return? A long rangey kickboxer who is better at boxing than him. It seems like yep. the worst possible matchup. Sure, could he go to his wrestling He can try, but I actually think Giga deals with that pretty well, too. So, yeah, I'm going with Giga all day here. I think he handles him pretty well. And I actually think because of Giga's power and what's maybe at stake for him, granted they did give that fight to Korean Zombie already, I actually think he probably goes out there looking for a finish a little bit more even than Max did.
1: Alrighty, there you go. That's my pick as well. See, I'm trying to get out of stuff again, but, yes, that is my pick as well. Um, one difference? Or just one difference, just one difference, just the big one. Yeah, one fight. Why? <laughs> like. Yeah, wild, wild. All right, now for everyone's favorite uh part of the podcast, or tied for the favorite part, right? The the MVP. I, I'm naming it now. The most valuable props and parlays. So MVPP. Um, or do you want to make our? You want to make our? Our recommended plays first, so I don't steal any of your prop picks. But yeah,
0: let's, let's go with recommended plays because I, I don't think because right. because in all of that I'm gonna give you props that I like anyway. And if you want to throw yeah. the we'll we'll throw the the ten to one parlay at the end too. Well, maybe not. Maybe we'll cut out the yes. the props because we'll have other props here in our recommended plays.
1: All right. So recommended plays. We got a hundred dollars to spend. Um, I'll let you go first. We'll just we'll go back and forth if you want. You can go first with your your first bet.
0: Okay, so for my first bet on my recommended plays, I'm gonna take 40 of my $100 and I'm gonna put that 40 on Ramiz Brahimai straight up to win negative 110.
1: Okay, Brahimai. Excellent, got it. All right, I'm gonna take. Um, how much? Yeah, 40 sounds good. 40 of the same, $40 Slava clause, uh Borshev. Um, line straight up. Uh, that's my pick. He's at minus one ninety five against the Harry Bush. So Borshev, forty bucks going on him to win. All
0: right, and I'm going to follow that up by riding that pick, but I'm also going to play it as a prop. I'm going to take Slava Claws, except for I'm going to take the yep. KO prop on Slava Claws, which I'm finding at plus one twenty. I'm going to put thirty bucks right. on thirty bucks on Slava Claws by KO.
1: All right, let me make sure I get your plus B, you saw that, you said? All right. Plus, Lava, plus 120, plus one. yep.
0: 120,
1: excellent. Um, all right. I'm going to – I didn't think it was going to take any props off, but there was a couple that jumped out. Um, let me just check. I know people love when we look things up on, on air, but I'm thinking White Ball and uh, Bontrin, within the distance. I think I'm going to take – this fight. <sighs> All right, we'll go. To, how much did I bet? Forty. Let's go twenty bucks under one and a half rounds at plus one twenty-four. Roy Ball on Bonkeren.
0: Okay, I like that total, um, and it wouldn't be crazy if that happened. Um, and then, so I'm, I'm, I've got thirty bucks left. Can I put a $30 contingent bet on on this? So so here's how um, I, it depends. Here, here's how I want to bet this one. I want to bet and you you tell me if this is allowed cuz this is a brand new segment. Can I bet Joe Anderson B2 and if that fight doesn't happen, can I have a backup bet in there just in case so I don't wind yep. up just getting a weird push? Um so I'm going to sure. take I'm going to take Joe Anderson B2 at uh what did you you quote his number at negative yeah. one thirty? Yep. Okay. So I, I'll take him at uh negative one thirty five and I will say that if that fight doesn't happen for some reason and my fight gets pushed, I'm gonna take that same thirty. I'll turn it around and put that same thirty on um Caitlin Chokagian, Um just straight up money line Caitlin Chokagian.
1: All right. I will allow it. Um you're getting extra recommended plays from Dan. There you go. Um, I think I'm going with the Chukagian fight as well. I'm going to take – got 60. Let's put – do I want to do this? Let's see what the line is. Yeah, the line's not very good. <laughs> You're um, thinking
0: about that fight goes – yeah, it's like Yeah, 200. obviously. Uh, <laughs>
1: Let's see what Chukagian wins by decision. All right, right. Let's call 40 bucks Chukagian via decision minus 110. Like That's it. a pretty good number. That's a pretty good number. All right. So in conclusion, uh my picks, 40 bucks Slava Clauds to win outright, $20 under a round and a half for the Brandon Worthall, Rogero Bontarin fight. And then 40 bucks Caitlin Chukagian to win a decision victory at minus 110. Um, I forgot to write the decision here. One second. All right. And then Dan's picks are forty dollars, Rob Mees, Brahmaj to win, money line, thirty dollars, knockout, Slava Claus. thirty dollars, Joe Anderson, three two to win, muddy line. If that fight falls through, thirty he's got thirty bucks on Caitlin to K heen money line. Right. That's it. All right, so there you go. Uh thank you, fan. Old Man Nate or something, Nate or Nat, um, Alabama Nat on Twitter. Thank you for giving us that idea. That's more fun than us whiffing on our uh, guaranteed lock picks every week, which I guess we weren't whiffing, but we weren't really winning money on that. So, All right, um, let's go MVPP, most valuable props and parlays from the Gumby man. Throw some All out right, there so-
0: for us. So, so I think we hit the, the props probably already that we like, right? You said in by decision. I'd ride that one too, and I like Slava Claus by KO. So those are ones yeah. that we like. As far as the parlay, you guys like the 10-1 to 1 DJ and parlay. The 10-1 to 1 DJ and parlay for this week, uh, I'm going to take Ramiz Brahimai, who is a recommended play of mine, along with Slava Claus. I'm going to take the money line on Slava Claus and Joe Anderson-Britu. All three of those uh, recommended plays, although I had the Slava – uh KO prop you add them straight up so I take Brahimai Borshachev and Britu the the three B's if you will pair them with Chase Sherman and that's going to give you 10 to 1 so there you have it right there four fighters 10 to 1 odds wow only
1: four fights amazing and Dan hit what was that what was plus 13, was 13. Uh, 1300, 1300 maybe <laughs> wow that's a lot of reach Dan that's a lot of reach all right um <laughs> I guess we should probably get this one uh, up and on the air because things are probably going to change if we don't hurry up, right? Yeah, uh,
0: things are already useless at the prelim primer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to be another useless prelim primer podcast. Um, Listen to prelim primer. It's it's a good podcast regardless, even if if, um, that COVID thing threw a wrench in everything on Dan this week. Uh, Who do we got on the Top Turtle podcast? Dan's other, other podcast.
0: So that'll be coming out uh, later tonight. Uh, By the time you hear this, it will probably be available. You can listen to my interviews with Cody Stamen and Jasmine Jesudavisius, who both fight uh, next weekend at UFC 270, which has now become a little bit more crowded.
1: Double J, Canadian, correct? Yeah, she is. She's
0: from St. Catharines, Ontario.
1: There we go. There we go. All right. Um, Which is where I would go through if I was on my way to visit Dan, which I never will do. Dan and I do not like, do not like other people, right? Dan, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. All right, let's put this one to bed. Like I said, um, get it in your ears as soon as you can. Well, if you're hearing this, it's already in your ears, so duh. Um, I will have a write up of all my picks tomorrow on the sportsgamingpodcast.com website. I guess I'll have to hold off though, writing that because um, things are moving as we speak, it's a fluid situation, you could say. Um, make sure you listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast. And normally you should listen to the prelim primer, uh, especially on the weeks where he makes me fill in, makes me fill in with him. Um, and then I'll back out on him. Uh, you can read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, MMA manifesto.com. Subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and he is Gumby Vreeland. I think that's it, right? Is that it? That does it. And we'll be, we'll be back on Sunday where we will recap how we did. Hopefully we can kick off the year on the right, right foot as opposed to last year. So until then, he is Gumby Reland. I am Blonde Fighter Jeff Fox, and we'll talk to you on Sunday.